Rich, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about roofing. That's why we're up here on this roof. We're right. going to discuss roofing. Right here, right here. This roofing. So we are, we're on this yeah, nice all roof. All down here. Yeah, over by there. It was hard getting this up here, but um, we, we were struggled. We got it up here, so um, that way we could stand in front of it for you. And uh, we'll get it taken care of and get to haul it back down. That'll be the fun part. So gravity assist. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Always. So, all right. Try and run that open again there, uh, Fuzzy. Here I come to save the day. Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems, home improvement problems, that is, and for people who want common sense guidance on how to build green and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Send an email or call into the show. The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. All right. Podcasts, previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Wherever you're watching, click on the uh, like button or subscribe, and then touch that bell if you're on the YouTube, so that way you get notified when we are uh, going live. Each, each time we start. Each, day, <laughs> each time we start. So there you go. And um, let's see, if you've got any comments or you want to leave uh, any questions or stuff like that, you can always uh, make those, uh, post those comments, and Fuzzy back there will uh, be monitoring and looking for them and... Uh, bring those into you so uh with that uh we got some construction news there rich what did you find this week uh, it's not really like news news but um in the january issue of builder um they got the 2020 design trends okay so you got to know that these things are coming so uh the big one is wood painted accents in your cabinets you know wood accents amid painted cabinets okay so you know it's not gonna be all paint you'll have to add some wood in there oh or vice okay. versa uh, seating in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, there is one. It's called the commode. <laughs> yeah, that's. I know it's one reads that way. A place you can sit while you brush your teeth. What? Take off your slippers. Come yeah, on. Sit, keep the lid down. What the hell? <laughs> All right. Put one of those tiled, fuzzy covers. This over one was it. good. It says tiled bathroom aprons, but what they meant was tub aprons. Okay. So you, you know, instead of having the fiberglass tub with the fiberglass front, you yep. start tiling up the aprons. Uh, cheery laundry rooms. Okay. So, you know, and yeah. we do that. The laundry rooms we build are the size of most people's bedrooms. Sure. So, you know, they can be very cheery with $20,000 worth of cabinets. Right. Um, and then wood details on range hoods. Uh-huh. Yep. So We've done a couple of those recently hood. again now. Yep. They're coming so back. there's a couple more, but those were the high points, you know, because I know you're really dying to see the warmer colors. Oh, yeah. The, what? yeah. We're going to shift from gray to warmer colors, <laughs> which this year, I don't know if it's warmer, but this year, everybody shifted to black. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've noticed that, too. Black uh, black and white exteriors are real trendy now, too, all of a sudden. So. Yeah, which is going to fail because black absorbs ultraviolet light and tends to fail faster than any other yep. color. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, shakes out. But that's pretty cool. Keep stuff. painters busy. That's right. Years. <laughs> so gray the darker gray so we're going full-on battleship gray now is that what you're saying sounds like <laughs> excellent <laughs> all right let's get on this roofing topic we've got today and yeah. um starting off just roofing basics 
Uh, everybody knows what a standard three-tab shingle is, I think. And, you should. Uh, let's see what uh, there. See right there. That's a standard. Unless you were born and bred in Florida, where everything's tile. But right. But that's a, that's a in bad shape. Yes, that's why I started with that one. Because if your roof looks like this, you may want to start looking and, and, and listening even a little bit further into what we're yeah. going to be talking about today. Because this one, is, this is at the end of its life, and you can see all the cupping. It's a perfect one mm -hmm. right there, the cupping and the, chicken, uh, the, the chipping and all that the, stuff. The, is there. And that curling, all that stuff yep. starting to lift. Yep. So... Yep. Um, that happens to older shingles. They, they're breaking down. The heat from the sun starts to do that, and then they just curl, and, and, and so then they have a, end up having problems. So this is a standard three-tab shingle. It's the most common type, and asphalt itself, I think, is what, 75% of the market? Right. Well, it's a, when you go from an asphalt shingle to a fiberglass shingle, it's actually the same shingle with a fiberglass reinforcement. So it's not night and day different, but it tends to last longer because of the fiberglass. Right. That roof, I, and you phrased it properly, that is reaching the end of its life. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes curling, depending on how it curls, could be a sign of poor ventilation in a roof or something like that, some other means of damage. Right. But that one is not showing what I would call humidity damage from the bottom. That's that's just damn old. <laughs> She's tired. She's <laughs> tired. So, so go, go to the next slide there. So and the, the next one up is architectural shingles, yeah. which is a step up. There are laminated shingles sometimes, but mm -hmm. architectural has a little bit more character to them. And you can see right there that <clears throat> that one is going to be a little more expensive. It's a little heavier. So make right. sure your roof is, is rated for that and can handle it. Yes, because I think our, our standard shingle is 235 pounds per square, so a 10 by 10 area is about 235 pounds. Right. Those are going to run you somewhere in the area of 270 pounds a square, which means you can't put them over 2 by 6, really, or on 3 8 plywood. Or around here, older homes that are framed up with 2 by 4. You might mm -hmm. want to... 2 by 4 <laughs> trusses. Or no, just the old, you know, the older homes that were. Oh, you mean 100. just old, old? Yeah, but those are real two by fours. They're right. still stronger than two by eights today. <laughs> that could be true. All right, but now that's an that's your standard, right. you know, dimensional or architectural. But then you go to the luxury ones, which can give you a little bit more detail and shadow effect. You got that one for us, there, Fuzzy? Oh, they see. There's there's a little deeper, thicker. Uh, right. Thicker one. Go to the next one. We got one more. See, now you can see the difference there. Yeah, and your three-tab and your, your dimensional architectural, and those are designed to look like shakes. Correct. That This particular one is. They also make them to look like um, slate, uh, all kinds of mm -hmm. different stuff. So um, so the the that is the shingle that we use. Like, for the most part, the houses in Florida, we would not use a standard three-tab. Like we would use a premium one. architectural. Like yep. this one. Yeah, like that one. Yeah. Like that one over there. Over by and there. And then, yeah, and we put them down with six nails per shingle. Because of your wind? Wind. Between the six nails and the weight of those shingles, I can get to a 170-mile-an-hour wind rating uh, that tends to keep them on. And I know my roof was done properly because Irma came through and... It's still there. I had one shingle get damaged by something blowing across the roof. Right. And can you use a standard three tab in those kind of areas? In those, You can. It just depends how much you want to give the insurance company. Ah, <laughs> perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Save the money on the roof, give it to the insurance company because the roof's not done properly or yep. to the wind rating we need. Correct. 
Um, and then uh, so the dimensional, we got the, what, what do you have next there? Metal roofing. Let's, Metal let's, roofing. Let's, let's see what Fuzzy comes up with here for the next picture. Ooh, see, now that doesn't look like metal roofing. But no, those are the metal tiles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, those are probably okay in most places. That's the only type of metal roof I saw fail during Irma. Really? Because these, yes, like, they... interlock because the, 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 uh, the part above, like, you lock them up and then you tack them in place. So you would think that that would really hold up well. It, it kind of works like a zipper. Once you get one loose, oh. see ya, they all peel up. <laughs> so, yeah, those didn't fare really well. In, in the higher winds, although they had the, they probably had the wind rating, and you're assuming they were installed properly, too. Well, that's the key there, too. I'm No, I'm in South Florida. I'm assuming they were not installed properly. Okay. Because, you know, they do a testing for that, but most stuff down here have to keep your eyes open. Right. What do you got for us next there, Fuzzy? There, oh, see, there's another metal one, and that looks like uh, Cedar Shake. Mm -hmm. And and uh, with the um, with the metal, they can do all of these standard, you know, any any form, any style. You can mm -hmm. buy them in a metal roofing. And the thing with the metal roofing, it's going to last really a long time. Forty uh, to fifty years, I believe, is the life, and it is lightweight, yes. so you can put it on any roof. Where, say, you had a house that's two by four trusses, two foot on center, half inch plywood, you could not use shakes, and you can't use an architectural shingle; it'll sag. Right, right. But that you can. Yes, that will stay and protect your secondary water barrier. And I believe the next one we've got is what everybody thinks of as a metal roof, and that's it right there. Standing seam. That's your standing seam metal roof. And that's yeah, what you'll you know, see on barns like those, this. And, all those little things right all, there? Yep. All those Yeah, cleats. we don't use those. Yeah, we don't have we don't have much need for <laughs> snow clips. But we do up here, and it does yes. make a difference because that snow gets on there, and as soon as the sun hits it, boom, it's an avalanche coming down. Right. So you need you need those snow cleats on there to slow that stuff down. Because if you happen to walk out and that all goes down your back, that's that's no no, no bueno fun. no and it's cold <laughs> it's so cold. truth be told the the standing seam metal roofs did the best down here during the hurricanes really? of all of my saw because even the clay tile will rock uh-huh but the standing seam seemed to do perform great excellent all right um <laughs> we've got so a couple more we're going to touch on here and i think we're going to take a quick break and uh we'll come back and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what types of uh, other types of roofing we can use. And uh, we'll go from there. And, so. and then we'll get into some of the uh, underlayments. Yeah, because you, you got to put something under the shingles, which sounds strange, but that's what you need to do if you're going to do it correctly. So. Well, we'll explain why when we come back. <laughs> there you go. We'll be back right after this. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. See, I work construction. I build. I build I don't know if y'all realize the pressure a man like me's got on. This is Mighty House. All right, you can join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor. And Mr. Floor cleaning products are all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, how could they do that? Uh, you'd want to get over to MightyHouse.net. Click on the Contact Us page. All we're looking for is your first and last name, your email address, 
and then just scroll on down to the bottom here and click on Boom Done. That's it. And uh, podcasts of all our shows are available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. And uh, you can find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And we post this video up on MightyHouse.net right on the homepage. So you can always uh, <laughs> go there and catch up on anything that uh, you happen to miss. So, all right. Yes. So we, we stopped with metal roofing, which you can see in the background there. And metal roofing yes. comes in bunch of different styles and the last one we were talking about there was standing seam um, yeah. but you can also um, you can all and metal roofing is roughly like one percent of this the uh, the other one let's see what was next wood shingles wood shingles wood shingles yeah and those are not heavily used anymore Aside from being hard to get and being costly. It's extremely uh, expensive today now. Yeah, but as fire rating becomes a big issue. Right, yeah. And, and insurance companies aren't really caring for them much. So it depends on the part of the country you're in as to whether or not you could even install them. Because you could install this, you know, maybe you're living in Texas or Oklahoma. You install this and they're not even going to warranty it because they're not going to give you an, a policy because you've got that roof on there. No, so. and that's also what helps make California the most flammable state in the country. <laughs> so exactly, so Use a fine uh, cedar and redwood shingles, and you yep. know, they tend to burn. Right, and you've got uh, hand split. There's uh, sawn. These happen to be a sawn one. I think the next one are hand split. If you've got those up there, fuzzy. There, yeah, the a, hand, there you go. That's a hand. Yeah, they're, and they're just less consistent in thickness, and then you can see they have more ridges. Right, and then there's more texture to them, and uh, they're it's a it's it's a good shingle, and you're probably going to get 40, 50 years if they're installed properly uh, mm -hmm. out of them, and they're out in the sun. If they're if you're under trees, all bets are off on how many uh, of these types of roofing are going to last because right. if they're in the shade all the time, they don't really ever dry out. So, see how they stag stagger the shingle over the joint? Mm-hmm. Like so right they don't here? don't have them aligned? Yep. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yep. Yeah, like there. Right. So you, you don't want you don't want the the water to come down, go into this seam, and then drop right into another seam. Then it's inside the inside right. the, your house. So that way they're offset and uh, makes a little bit more watertight. You've got. How far to, should you offset them? Just a couple inches? Does it have to be dead center? No, no, no. You well, can. To be honest with you, like the ones in the second course here, yes. are much better because it's split in half and half. This one up here is actually kind of close. That might not be the best lap because you've got, I don't know, it looks like a half inch to three quarters of an inch. Yep. So closer to half would be better. But, yep. you know, go back to like the standard three tab. Um, people may not realize that if you're doing your own little roofing job, there's a cut in the top of the shingle. It's an index so that you would lift the end of that tab to that little cut. Mm -hmm. You slide your next shingle to it, and that's actually will get them centered over the next course right. over the last course i should say right and so I, there's they actually build those little tricks into them yes yeah and, and they lay out and once you've got going on them and maybe we can do a a roofing layout someday we'll actually show how to do some of these installs and um that'll be a yeah once we can figure out how to keep that table on a sloped roof because it's hard <laughs> enough getting it up here on a flat roof <laughs> I'm gonna have to get one with adjustable legs. Yeah, and then you've got uh, clay and cement, cementitious ty types of tile. Yeah, this one look is look. This clay tile roof is looking kind of tired. It, you can well, look it at. Looks the, like it's from Indonesia or something too. It looks homemade. Yeah, see these but down here. That's your are, that's your barrel tile, and that's been a staple for hundreds of years. Yep. You know, handmade clay tiles. Now the funny thing is, not funny, but 
what you have to understand is that the clay tile is not waterproof. It will allow water under it. It does. So again, when we get to underlayments, we'll explain why it's important to choose your underlayments so properly. This is just to protect the underlayment is what this, Correct. this is. Correct. That's the key. And, and what do you got for the next one there, Fuzzy? Oh, see, now there's a nice clean one. Yeah, that's a nice manufactured barrel tile. And and we don't do a lot of that anymore, although I see kind of like the front of the Alamo over just over your head there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but that's normally like a Tuscan style. Right. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, that... Um, that, that's still a, a that's a standard clay tile that that you would yeah. you run into. But we don't do a lot of those anymore. Now it's mostly flat tile. Right, right, exactly. So then, when you get into a flat roof like we're standing on, uh, you also <laughs> get this. This is a standard roll roofing. It's it's probably the cheapest flat type of roof you can do. That people do this this roll roofing even up on uh, on a pitched roof. Um, though you, you'll see it where they started it, nail it at the bottom, run it up to the top, over the roof, and then down the other side, and they just keep going back and forth on the roof like that until it's done. I mean, it's the cheapest type of roofing you can do, the fastest. Um, and uh, it's not going to last for forever. No, nope. it's uh, you know it's a ninety-pound <laughs> roof. That's that, but right. It's got. Oh, yes, I, I think we've all done that. I mean, you're looking at a shed roof on an addition, which looks some like someplace I see all that greenery in Kentucky. Right. So that would be a standard roofing practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and or maybe mean, that's code required i don't know all right who knows and you know what i liked about this one is it it was installed properly you don't see the face nails um, a lot of right. when i was looking at these pictures trying to bring one up yet all the seams like right up through here what they were all nailed and then they would just take some uh roofing tar and, and smear it over the top which is not the proper way to get those installed. No, you don't want to smear it. You want to blind nail everything. Right. And lap it properly. So. Yep. And so this this looked like a really nice clean job. That's why I picked this picture. Um, next up is your modified torch down, mm -hmm. which is right there. It's a little thicker, heavier. You can see he's got an, a, a good solid underlayment right there. Why does he look like he's about to walk right off the edge right it there? Does, it does, doesn't it? But I think, yes. and you can see all the fall protection he's got too. So I think he's putting. Well, a yeah, he's got there. that white white drip edge to tell him to stop there. <laughs> exactly. So he's probably just going to put his foot there to make sure he gets it stomped down all the way and and stuck. And that's probably what he's doing. He's just going to tamp so. it down and make sure it sticks good. Yeah, just make sure it's good and tight. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. the German way of roofing, guten tight. Guten tight, yes. yes. Uh, and then, and then there's see, there's another one where they're doing the torch down, the modified. You can see the flame; they're heating it up. This melts, and then this roll melts and seals to this one. And yep. when it's done correctly, it becomes one sheet, and it's uh, really a, 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 a really pretty good roof. And they were talking about banning those because yes. of the off-gassing, you know, the dangers to the guy holding the torch, breathing that all day. So well, that um, and this is what burns down old buildings too when you hear yeah, of, of a roofer that uh, a roofing company that burnt down a building it's because they were using this type of stuff and they do have this now where you put where you uh, put a, a slurry of roofing tar down and you roll this on and then it bonds itself and and puts itself together too there's uh yeah, we've used the glue down with the rubber but the yeah. other the real cool upside to one of these things is say you're up on that roof and you're messing around with something and, and you drop it and you put a hole in your roof and i mean yep. you know drop your hammer and you ding your roof you just get your torch and you just heat it up and yep. it'll just it'll itself. melt right back together and then yeah. there's epdm which is basically like a pool liner and so this does What's that order, stand for uh yeah epdm that's what it stands for okay <laughs> i can't tell where the picture ends and the roof that you're standing on begins 
Right. It's actually it's the same roof. We're just from the other side. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So this it does have seat, but they're uh, and it's basically like a PVC roof sheet, mm -hmm. and and it, it's same thing that you do with a pool liner. Um, it's great for roofing, uh, flat roofs and stuff like this. The downside is. If you've got rocks in, in your shoe or something like that and you're walking on this, you can puncture it. So mm -hmm. you have to be a little more careful when you're walking on this type of roof uh, than, than any of the others that we've talked about today. Now, it's an interesting choice of roof color because we remember the conversation, say, 18 years ago. Sure. That we wanted white roofs so we could reflect the heat right, off back the up. building and save money. Right. But now we found out it's not a good idea. <laughs> right. Because now it reflects the heat back into the atmosphere, which heats up the dust and debris in the air. Yep. And it creates what they call the heat island effect. So, yep. you know, if, if you're in the city and you go outside and all the suburbs have dropped by 15 degrees, but it's still smoking hot. Right. A lot of that is radiant heat from the buildings themselves, but also from the atmosphere heated up because of all the reflected heat. Right, and, and you were talking about how you can't go fully black either because it's going to ruin your roof, and and you're going to have to replace it. So, what's the happy medium? Gray? Yep. We all need gray roofs. That that's very common. The other thing mm -hmm. too here is that depending on where you are in the country, the further north you are, the darker you want your roof to be. Okay, yeah, it gets hot in, you know, June, July, August, August. but the right. rest of that time you actually want to retain that heat. You and want that solar load. And, and you want to, yeah, that, that solar heat gain is good and it keep, helps keep your, your house a little bit warmer. So depending yeah. on where you live in the country, that's going to depend on what color your roof's going to be. So talk to your roofer when, you, when you're going to do that or your roofing supplier. And um, one, the last, we've got, we got two more to try and squeeze in here in two minutes. So we've got the uh, plastic. This mm -hmm. is actually composite roofing. It looks just like cedar. You uh, mean it's Trex for my roof? Yeah, <laughs> Trex for your roof, yes. Hmm. <laughs> composite roofing. Uh, hit the next one there, Fuzzy. There's another one that is a composite also made to look like slate. Or no, no wait, that one is slate, isn't it? Let me might see. be the natural slate. That might, well, it, you can't really tell. Well, no, because actually the plastic and the concrete slates actually look like real slate. Yeah, it's amazing. You, it, and at this point now, I can't tell the difference because I, when I looked it up, slate. that's a real slate one right there. And mm -hmm. that one, you have to make sure that uh, if you're putting slate on your roof, that it's framed to carry that load because you're putting rocks up on your roof. It's very heavy. It'll last over 100 years. It's, it's really a good, strong roof. But uh, you got to make sure you're, it's actually designed to carry that load. Yeah, we did a, a roof with natural slate up north before I moved, and um, we had to use all lead-coated copper flashings. Yep. And that was the only thing that would last 100 years, the same as the slates. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a... a it's a great product. It's it's expensive, and it, you have to maintain. And there's only two guys left in the country probably that know how to install it. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you go up the East Coast, you'll find a bunch of them because that's where it's all really fairly common. Was used. Yeah, it right. was used was quite a common. bit. I don't know that it's really common anymore anywhere. No, because what, what, if you want that you want that look, you can do it very similar in a uh, in a composite roof, which obviously the, the picture didn't make it through there. There was another one that was composite. looks very similar, mm -hmm. so... Um, you know, but you can do it in composite and, and the steel, the, the metals. It'll, you'll get the same look and not have that same weight. So, right. all right, we're going to take another quick break and uh, we're going to come back. Do you want to, you want to, we're going to have to go over underlayments. We're going to have to try and talk you about that. want to go over underlayments? No, well, go under the over, no, under the overlayments? No, 
We'll go over the underlayments. Go over the underlayments, yeah. We'll do yes. that right after this, and we'll tell you how to protect the actual right. roof sheathing. We'll be right back. I'm going to jump off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. <laughs> Here they come to save the day. This is Mighty House. All right, you can join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor. And uh, Mr. Floor cleaning products are all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at mrfloor.com. .com. You can also uh, click on the subscribe button, the likes button, uh, the bells. Push on all that stuff. Eventually, you're going to know exactly when we go live and uh, exactly. we'll get notifi- notified. You'll be notified that we're going live, and then you and you alone can decide whether to tune in live <laughs> or go back for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, or say, screw it, I'll watch the podcast later. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to do that, you can uh, you can find it at MightyHouse.net. It'll also be on Stitcher, YouTube, uh, or sorry, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on Home Improvement USA. And you can find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And again, the newsletter. We're sending out the newsletter now uh, with... This week's show and, link. The, and then last week's show. Yeah. And then any links and stuff to any fun stuff we might find. And uh, and maybe an email right. or two. So with that, how, if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich. Oh, just go over to MightyHouse.net. Click on the Contact Us page. All we're looking for, first and last name, your email address. Scroll on down, click on boom. Boom, done. done. Boom, done. Just like that. All right. Yes. So uh, roofing underlayments. We're going to go over underlayments now. Yes. Well, and, we're gonna you go over them with your shingles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So what you're showing there is your standard looks like a, a 15 pound doesn't even look like a 30 pound. Correct. I would. So here's the other thing. So 15 pound felt and 30 pound felt. Actually, and I don't know why I always know this stupid stuff. <laughs> but 15 pound felt had 15 pounds of asphalt for every 100 square feet. Uh-huh. 30 pound felt had 30 pounds of asphalt for every 100 square feet. It doesn't anymore. No? No. Now call a, a 30 pound felt, and it's, it's kind of more like a 20, 22. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Somewhere in there. But it, it's got fiberglass in it now, so it's actually more durable. Uh huh. You know, yeah. so, but they can't get away from the old names. But that's your basic uh, way of protecting your sheathing uh-huh. and giving yourself what we call a secondary water barrier. Uh, and I hope that house is not in the north where you get ice. Correct. Because it's not done correctly if it is. But no. I liked the way it was laid up there, and I knew it would bring that that ice and water shield topic up. And really, did you ever use a 15-pound felt? No. You always used a 30 on a roof, no, no matter always, what. No, right? always a 30. Yep. Or a 22-point whatever. Right. And, yeah. be, and before we had the Tyvex, the house wraps, we would put 15s on the wall before we'd put right. siding up. So that's generally. Right. But you'll find when you go to tear off a roof, you'll find 15-pound felt all over the roof all the time. It's uh, Well, because it seems like for some reason for 25 years, everybody thought shingles protected your roof. Yeah. And again, whatever your finished roofing product is, it is to protect the underlayment. Right. So you want the best underlayment you can get, and then you want to get what you can to protect the underlayment. Right. So it's what a two-part system. Yeah. What do you got for us there next? I think they got are those, ro- What are those lines on there? 
Right. Are there are there cutting lines? Is where I should put my shingles? It's overlapping, making sure you got things. One is going for straight. overlapping, and yes, it would also give you your courses for your shingles. But I don't know anybody that's ever laid that straight enough to use it. <laughs> no. So usually we'll get it laid up there, and then you still snap a couple of control oh, yeah. lines. Yeah, you, know, you still snap lines to get your shingles going. Uh, the next one there, 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 it's all rolled out, and there you can see it's got that's the, those are the lines he's talking about right there, and uh, in theory you would use that. To run your shingles on, but um, you don't do that. You just snap a snap a line and well, let it rip. That one's pretty straight. You might be able to on that one. Yeah. But even if you're not laying them on that, you know, if I'm laying a course of shingles, I can actually pull from that line down to my shingle. Right. And as long as I stay, let's say five inches, then I know I'm straight. Yep. So it's not all bad. Yeah. But you have to install the the tar paper correctly first. Yes, so you, you get put it on a diagonal, on, your roof works out really poorly. <laughs> yes, it does. Unless you want the diamond pattern on your roof. So here here you go with the ice and water shield or the, what do you yeah. call it, peel and stick? We call it just peel and stick, yes, because we don't have a lot of ice shield yeah, ice but to I, deal with. So. But I like this one because it was a good example. You need it for your chimneys right here, around yeah, skylights. Yeah, all the way up there. Yeah. And, and then around the skylights, good. And then, uh, you know, around here, along all the gutter lines... And they say you run one row up there, but lately we've been doing at two to three courses of ice and water shield up from the gutter lines, just because right. when in in, uh, in the Chicagoland area when we start getting a lot of ice, ice buildup, ice damming, it'll mm -hmm. it'll go up past that initial three feet, and uh, we've had to make it past six feet. So you know, so it depends. yeah. Well, they always told us three feet beyond the exterior wall. Correct. So if you had two foot soffits. You put three feet up there, you're not even making it a foot past the wall. Right. You're going to be right where that ice damming begins. Yes, correct. So you need to have at least six feet then in that case. Right. Um, again, for us, with the risk of losing all of your roofing, you know, your tile could blow off, your shingles could blow off. We put peel and stick on the entire roof yep. so that if I lose my roofing, I still have what we call the secondary water barrier, which should keep... 99% of the water out, right? If I had nail holes, I'll get some drippage. Right. But it's if this is having most of these leak. are self-sealing though, too. When, once you drive a nail or pull a nail out, they'll re, they'll, they'll real yeah. seal. And the other thing is in the valleys right over here. You'll see this valley where these two roofs meet. Yeah, yeah, like right there. Yeah. That you also want to run run the ice and water shield down the valley too. So that that way that protects that valley. So, mm -hmm. um, those are the common areas where you would put uh, the peel and stick, the water water barriers, the um, ice and water shield, and water whatever, shield, whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever right. it's called in your neck of the woods. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, hit us with the next one there, Fuzzy. There's how Rich does it. He just puts the ice and water shield over. Yeah, everything. you just cover the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong but, there. No, but and we actually again for our roofing, you have a, a nailing inspection on the plywood, right? Know, so and then you have to have that inspected. Right, and you notice here they wrapped it up the, the chimney, so they've got that yep. flashed. So when they put whatever they're going to wrap around the outside of that, that'll get, no. overlap it, and that'll that'll keep it all uh, watertight. Then, so yes, there you go. And then well, it looks like snow in the background, though. <laughs> now, oh, um, that is that, that yeah, that's snow back there. Look at that. Yeah, so that's in a warm or a cold climate, but they're doing the same thing. They must have a lot of problems with frost and freezing, so they're just doing that to protects the whole roof then. So sure. again, ice, that's if you have ice damming, that's it, a perfect way yeah. to deal with it. So they also have instead of using tar paper, today they're coming up with these their their own, like this is GAF. They've got their own papers that are supposed to be breathable. 
They allow mm -hmm. air, it's just like Tyvek for your roof, and that's kind of what this is. So this is, it's still a water barrier, but um, it comes in wider rolls, so it, it goes up a little bit uh, faster that mm -hmm. way. Um, and you can do that. And you notice still, they still have the ice and water shield in the corners, and then instead right. of using tar paper, they're actually using this, um, this, this other paper to go over it instead, this. Right. It's want? like Tyvek for your roof, I think yeah. is the best way to put Ty Tyvek for your roof, exactly. Yep. Um, what do you got next there, Fuzzy? Oh, we're back. Okay. So um, you must, I th thought I had a few more in there. I don't know. Well, you wanted to talk about starter strips and stuff. Oh, yeah. So um, so the other thing, uh, where, where was it? No, I can't find it. Okay, never mind. So uh, they, they had a bunch of different, there's a bunch of different products out there that look like that GAF. Um, and, and yeah. do that stuff. So, um, so how about it. if I use zip wall or zip products? I don't need to do that. It looks just like that because it says zip right on it. Yep. And you put all your plywood down, and then you just put some tape on the seams. Correct. And I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I'm just, not sold on that product yet. I think I in a perfect world installed properly, it's awesome. Yep. I, I I know you're not sold on it yet, but the zip wall stuff we've been uh, we've done three or four projects with it. It actually zip goes up. I can, zip wall, I could see maybe because yep. you're, you're building a wall that can breathe in two directions. Yep. Yep. Um, so. We haven't used the roofing, though. <laughs> we're, yeah. st we're still using the, the regular plywood. So uh, should we talk? We want to go ahead and hit the roofing, the, the venting real quick. Let's let's see if we can get that squeezed in. Sure. Well, uh, there, okay. there's so, at least the basics so, for it. Go so ahead. So we got our, our roof all, our new roof on there. But again, when we showed the original picture with the shingles curling a little bit. Right. Um, a lot of times it's from excessive heat or moisture in your attic. So if your roof's only five years old and your shingles are all curling like that already, it's typically your roofer didn't do the math on your venting. Right. And that's that's where this starts here. So you've got your soffit venting in here. And we, we mm -hmm. if we've got time, we'll get to show that. But that's a continuous vent there. So now that, that cooler air comes up and then it goes up through here. And in, th in this particular case, it comes out a ridge vent, which is continuous ridge vent. Not right. the ideal scenario right there, but um, at least that way that is venting and it helps to dry out the backside of your roof and, and also well, get some of the heat out. Right. But you're also showing a picture of an attic that's being finished. So I actually have a knee wall in there. I actually have a dummy roof. So that this one, one there. And then, yeah, so yeah, and you have a little knee wall and then yep. you've got that other slope ceiling roof. Yep. So you've actually got almost like two roofs. So you're actually venting between the ceiling and the roof in that case. So yeah, and th this that is actually makes it very clear. That's your insulation chutes right in there. Yep. So, um, and then that way that keep, keeps that pocket on the backside of the roof so that that air can move up there. All right, mm -hmm. let's click through these next ones. There's a standard shot of a ridge vent, and you can see it's got slots in there. Uh, the, then you put the regular ridge cap over it, roofing. And that, that allows the top That looks to nice, but the math doesn't work on a no. hip roof. If you've got a, a house that's got gable ends, you can usually have enough, you usually have enough ridge to make that work. Yep. But if you have a house with a hip roof, you know, where it's all just angles. Right. Then you usually don't have enough ridge to cause it to vent properly. Right. Next one. So be careful with that. So there's a soffit. That's continuous soffit venting. Mm -hmm. and, and that works really good to allow the, the whole roof to breathe in all the areas. Unless you're uh, blowing insulation over the top of it. Right, right. And hopefully you don't fill the insulation. Next one. See, there's another there's another sh shot of it. 
a mm -hmm. different kind more there. More soffit vent. The more yep. soffit venting. But I like the continuous. There's a gable vent, and you can see the kind of hole that gets cut behind it. The next one will actually show the gable vent installed. Now that's allowing mm -hmm. cross ventilation through the attic. If you do these, you don't necessarily need to then uh, do the other venting on the roof, which the next right. one is what there? Oh, oh there's a, uh, a doghouse vent. Doghouse or dormer vent, yeah. Yep. Yep. And next, this is the picture I really love. This this one's great for you, Rich. There's the ridge yeah. vent right here, right? Yes. Then you've got your regular mushroom vent here. Right, and then you got that. Then you got the turbine there. Yeah. So this is like, this is all short-circuiting everything. And, well, you know what they call that. What? That's a circumvent. Because <laughs> none of it's going to work properly. They've circumvented all the rules of venting. <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> all right, so let's explain. When you showed the first picture, we were trying to get a convection current. We're trying to get air to rise through the soffit vent. From here. Up the bottom of the roof deck and come out near the top. Yep, like that. See that one right there. So it's coming yeah. up and out. So, so that vents the entire roof that keeps you from getting, you know, your roof should be the same temperature as the air. That's why you would have snow on your roof. If you have snow on your roof for days on end, yep. it means it's probably vented properly. Right. If your snow melts in 10, day, in 10 minutes, not a good sign. No, not a good sign. All right, we're going to come back. We've got some emails to talk about next. Okay. And, uh, wow, we blasted through that if you got good. any questions, just send it out to rich at mightyhouse.net or ron at mightyhouse.net. No, 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 just rich. Mighty House will return. All right, we're back. Last segment, and uh, I guess not too soon, right? <laughs> Ready to go? I don't know. Do we have any viewers left? I don't know. I don't know. You can join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right here now. Bart June Part by Mr. Floor. And wherever you're watching, make sure you click on the like button, subscribe, uh, hit the bells, the whistles, whatever else you can find. Uh, that way you'll be notified when we hit the air and uh, you can watch us live. If you can't do that, you can always uh, check out the podcast, MightyHouse.net. It's also on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, and um, I think that's about it, isn't it? Something like that. Watch us live or Memorex. Oh, yeah, there you go. Memorex, too. So uh, one last thing about roofing before we get to the email here we were talking about is... If you want to put another layer on. The guy on the porch in the building behind us, he looks like he's going to jump off the balcony. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to stop him later. Um, no, I pointed the wrong way. Yeah, there you go. Right there. Over, yeah, that guy. Yeah, right there. there. Over, right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. Just practicing. Uh-huh. So, we might have a future in weather. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it on a roof no no <laughs> um so if you want to put a lot of people say oh i'm just going to put another layer over this it's standard three tab shingles so it's it's something it we're just going to put another layer over it that way it'll stop it uh no that's okay we'll just put another layer over it sometimes you'll find three four layers of shingles on a house and they don't understand why it's leaking um and and again 
that roofing is there to protect what's underneath it. And if it's leaking underneath it, it's only a matter of time before it, it's, it starts to do that. Gets through all the layers. So the other thing is, as you stack all those layers up, that heat starts to break down those shingles faster. So if you put a 40-year shingle on there, it's really only going to last you about 20 before it starts to go again because of that additional heat and heat buildup. Mm -hmm. It's also going to make your roof sag. It's going to look like an old mare, you know, where it's it's sagging in the back of a, an old horse. So right. you don't want that yeah, to happen. Most most municipalities or building codes allow two layers. Right. But again, it it's also goes back to the changes in technology, what we've learned over 25 years, 30 mm -hmm. years, that you can do more damage with the second layer than you can by just spending a little more and removing the first. Right. And if you if you have if you have ice and water shield already on the roof and it's already papered correctly underneath all that shingle, then yeah, you might get away with it. But in most cases, mm -hmm. you tear that off, you don't find there's no ice and water shield, there's no paper, uh, there could be sheathing that's rotted and you don't know. So by tearing it off completely, you can do a roof inspection, make sure all the sheathing's done correctly, and then reapply everything correctly. And well, and if you're ever asked to have a second layer put on we always go do the roof dance yeah know, and that's where you get up there and you start kind of bouncing around looking for the spongy spots but uh -huh. you never put all your weight in one spot because you don't want to go into the roof <laughs> or through it <laughs> but, but once you start finding spongy spots you're like no 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 we can't yep. do any more with this it's right come off and check underneath yeah yeah so um as a general rule don't go over the just don't just don't do it and uh, don't put a second layer on wow it's like the anti-nike yes you know and just i've even don't do it just don't do it and I've even seen where the roofers, there was two layers of shingles on there. They took the uh, drip edge and ran it all the way around the roof first and then put those shingles over top of it. So when you looked mm -hmm. at the side, it looked like there was only one layer. But once you dug into it, you found out there was three layers. Yeah. So that's that's another. Well, story. when you got three inches of shingle over the top of your gutters, something's wrong. Yep, exactly, exactly. So okay, let's uh, let's get to the email there, Fuzzy. You ready? Thanks, Mike Novak. No, not Mike. Mike's not here uh, today. That one. Email. We get email. We get your email every day. Here's your mail today. All right. Uh, good afternoon, Rich. Any recommendations Hi. for a whole house generator? It's a small house, about 900 square feet. What should we expect to pay? So that one, he could get away with like a Honda. <laughs> you know, just that little sucker. 900 square feet. What do you got? Two lights and a refrigerator? <laughs> well, and a furnace. Um, a furnace. Yeah. Maybe a sump pump. No, but I mean, honestly, if, if, you know, you don't really need that much in a small house. But you, that's actually a nice size where you can go get a, a Kohler or a generac are your two big players in the generator market yep i'm sure there's other smaller ones but okay so right there the generac um it, those things are extremely efficient they run on natural gas propane mm -hmm. i haven't found one that runs on electric though no <laughs> no i don't think so they well, it's don't. cheaper that way. I don't have to deal with gas and stuff. I just right. want, when the power goes out, I want the electric to kick in and turn the generator on. Exactly. That's exactly what you want. And and depending on the part of the country, and you may end up having propane tank, you know, for your house already for cooking and heating. So you would connect mm -hmm. this up to it. Um, and there's one thing that I, I had never really thought of, uh, but if you do have a propane, so then don't you have to size that for your tank and everything for how many days you want it to run? Do you Typically, because the first, first response at everybody's mouth is, okay, what do you want to run on this generator? Now, your response should be, I live down here in Florida. I'd like to have one air conditioner running. Mm -hmm. 
I'd like to protect my refrigerator. Freezers. I'd like to get a TV working, uh-huh. maybe a radio, right? And a few lights in the house, maybe garage to the bedroom, that kind of thing. Right. right? I don't necessarily need my electric cooktop working. I don't really need, you know, if I got a big chest freezer, yeah, that's going to be on that generator. But you're isolating your loads, right? Now I can, with knowing exactly what I want on there, I can see what my demand is going to be. And you can tell me better because you're actually an electrician. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you install generators. So on those items, how big of a generator do I need? You don't, honestly, that that's a fairly small one. And, um, depend. you know, up here you would hook up your furnace we we try to hook mm-hmm. the, the garage door openers up to them that way you can get in and out if it's raining and stuff you don't have to worry about pulling the thing and having to lift the garage door so we'll hook but up I the have garage a lift master 8557 with battery backup <laughs> so you don't need that but Unless uh, the battery dies and then there's some pumps that need to be run you know ejector pits stuff like that so sure um on average you could tell i've been gone six years out of the north right. i didn't think about some pump but yes you might want to have that on your generator yeah so you know there's there's those critical critical things you want to put on there first and then and then after that you can add convenience things like you know the master bath so that, that way you can still run a hair dryer and that that kind of stuff um and then on average for a 900 square foot house you could run the whole thing on a on a three or 4k uh system uh, kilowatt system. So, you know, that's, that's not, that's a pretty small one. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, we're installing 10 to 15 KW units okay. on, on a house. And that doesn't run the entire house, but it runs all those critical items correctly. And so backing you up back to the question about, okay, if I'm on propane, so, okay, you've just said I need a three KW. I can go online. I look at a three KW and it says running full bore, it's going to burn one gallon of propane per hour. Okay. And I'm just making this up. I'm right. not saying that's what it is. So that means in a 500-gallon tank, assuming I have 300 gallons in there, I can get 300 hours out of it. Okay. So 300 hours divided by 24, you know, like 10 days. Right. So that's not bad. Right. And then you could also, you know, if, if you really wanted to conserve that, you could be turning it off during the day or turn it off at night, you know, after... Um, you know, you're going to bed, just turn the generator off to extend that time. When you get up in the morning, fire it back up again. Your freezers, your refrigerators clock. will be fine, you know. What's I that? I run my alarm clock all night. <laughs> it's your cell I mean, phone. Yeah, the mentality is those most people say, I want the whole house on. They want to be yeah. the one house on the block. The only time in their lives I'll have every light on and in and on the house on. Right. Yeah. It's because there's a power outage. Right, exactly. So we've been showing Generac here. There's also a Kohler. Colors are really a a good brand also to to install. This is a really large unit. And then there's a transfer switch here too. So uh, with Generac, the transfer switch, it monitors the uh, power coming in from the house. If Mm -hmm. the power turns off, this automatically switches over, fires up the generator, and then it'll start powering these specialized circuits that you've got here. This may run the whole house and may only run part of it, but that way you can, you've got that many circuits then to run based on the size of your generator. And then yes. uh, if you have a really large home, then you'll have a, a 200 amp uh, and that's transfer switch like that. Yeah. That's- and, and here's the thing, we see a lot of people, and help, my own neighbor does it, but he's an electrical inspector. Run the generator, plug it into your panel. Yep. And then turn the Not main off idea. when you do it. <laughs> so you don't kill anybody. Alignment. All right, we'll be back next week with uh, what are we talking about? Don't remember. Oh, basic plumbing. That'll be fun. Keep it square and level. Until, Until next, next time, or next week, next time. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. There you go.